This episode of Strangely Enough is brought to you by BlackSparrowMedia.com. Thank you all for joining us this time around. Uh, my name is Richard, and I'm, a, I'm your host. This week on Strangely Enough, a woman nearly puts her eye out with a pair of thong underwear. The city of Ashland, Oregon gets their G-string in a wad, and all hail the almighty enema. Just that and a few other things. Let's start with the woman and her thong. A woman who says she was hurt by her thong panties when a metal clip flew off and hit her in the eye has sued Victoria's Secret, saying in a TV interview on Thursday that the injury caused her excruciating pain. Well, okay. Well, I'll keep the comments to myself for a minute. Mercida Patterson, a 52-year-old Los Angeles traffic officer, you guys in California, uh, told NBC's Today Show that she suffered cuts on her cornea from the small piece of metal that had been used to secure a rhinestone heart onto the blue thong. I was putting on my underwear from uh, Victoria's Secret and the metal popped in my eye. Okay, I can't hold it back anymore. Was she putting them on her head? It, it happened really quickly. I was in excruciating pain. I screamed. That's what happened, Patterson told NBC. Patterson's lawyer, Jason Bucket, who also appeared on the Today Show, said the metal staple caused severe damage to her cornea that required a topical steroid. The product liability lawsuit, which was filed on June 9th in Los Angeles Superior Court and first reported on the Smoking Gun website, seeks unspecified damages. A spokeswoman from Victoria's Secret, which is operated by Limited Brands Incorporated, could not immediately be reached for comment. Okay. I don't know. I just put my drawers on. I, I don't look at I don't have to look at what I'm doing. I know if the legs are in the right hole, it's all working. I'm I'm really not seeing the whole point of this. However, the Smoking Gun website, y'all ought to really check that out. That's uh, that's pretty pretty cool over there. Our next one is Kung Pao Chicken made official for Olympics. Uh, this story here, well, I'll just give it to y'all. It's official. Hungry foreign hordes craving effects of diced chicken uh, fried with chili and peanuts during the Beijing Olympics will be able to shout Kung Pao Chicken and have some hope of getting just that. As it readies for an influx of visitors for the August Games, the Chinese capital has offered restaurants an official English translation of local dishes whose exotic names and alarming translations can leave foreign visitors frustrated and famished. If officials have their way, local newspapers reported on Wednesday 
English-speaking visitors will be able to order beef and ox tripe in chili sauce, an appetizer, rather than husband and wife's lung slice. You got it, friends and neighbors. Uh, other favorites have also received a linguistic makeover. Bean curd made by a pockmarked woman as the Beijing Youth Daily rendered the spicy Szechuanese dish is now Mapo Tofu and chicken without sexual life becomes mere steamed pullet. According to one widely repeated story, the Chinese name of Kung Pao Chicken comes from the name of an imperial official who was fed the dish during an inspection tour. With the Beijing Olympics 51 days away, a notice on the City Tourism Board website, uh, if y'all want that, it's www.bjta.gov.cn, told restaurants to come and pick up a book with the suggested translations. In China, where meetings are almost as popular as banquets, agreeing on the English language menu has taken many rounds of discussion over previous drafts since last year. Just as predictably, in this country where nationalism and the internet make a potent brew, controversy has already broken out over the blander new translations. I don't like this new naming method. It's abandoning Chinese tradition, one internet comment declared. There are many stories in the names of these dishes, and I bet there are. Of course, they probably feel the same way I do about uh, the old buildings here in Dallas, Texas, in the Dallas, uh, Texas area. You know, we've gotten to the point here, we've got plenty of land to put uh, buildings on, and property prices are pretty low. They're below average here in the area, but uh, they go and knock down stuff you've been looking at since you was six years old. Uh, good luck to the Chinese and their new translations. I bet there are some that are far worse than we heard about in that article. Okay, uh, the next one comes from China also. Uh, a Chinese high school teacher has been fired and denounced by the local media and internet users for fleeing a classroom before his students during last month's devastating earthquake. Sounds like common sense to me. Fan Mizong, a Chinese language teacher at a private school in quake-ravaged Dijianyan in the southwest Sichuan province, has been branded running fan on official internet chat rooms and come under fire for defending his actions online in a lengthy post. The 8.0 magnitude earthquake on May 12th killed more than 70,000 people, including thousands of children, at their desks in what many parents believe were shoddy-made school buildings. What is China? Uh, at such a life-and-death moment, I would only consider sacrificing my life for my daughter. I would not do it for anyone else, even my mother fan wrote on a popular online portal, tnya.cn, 
Yeah, you got it. T-I-A-N-Y-A dot C-N. In a flash, I felt it. A big earthquake. Then I charged to the uh, building stairs, fan said, adding that he was the first person to emerge from the school onto the soccer pitch. None of the children in his literature class uh, died in the quake. China's education ministry confirmed that Fan had been dismissed, but said it was the school's decision and denied media reports that it had issued a special order demanding it. Fan said he had not ruled out suing the authorities over the decision. Fan's account has enraged China as it struggles to rebuild damaged cities and provide housing for millions of victims displaced by the quake. I know many teachers died protecting children during the quake. Well, that's another another tick in, fan, in the direction of fans' decision. Um, in this long essay, I can't see any person here. I just see a... A big me, a post in response to fans' accounts, said. Despite a massive outpouring of charity in the wake of the quake, Chinese bloggers have been quick to round round on those deemed unsympathetic. Well, you know, earthquakes are a bad thing. Uh, Movie actress Sharon Stone drew scathing criticism last month after suggesting that karma might have played a part in causing the earthquake after China's crackdown on the unrest in ethnic Tibetan areas in March. Well, let me tell you, I am sympathetic. I think it's a terrible thing when people die from natural disasters and everything else. But the fact that uh, the Chinese uh, have as big a population as they do means they must have a fairly strong survival instinct. And the fan was probably just uh, playing out on that. Okay, uh, it appears, in weather news, in weather news, it seems that it's raining cement in Moscow. Russian Air Force planes, uh, planes, sorry, let me start again. Russian Air Force planes dropped a 25 kilogram, that would be a 55 pound sack of cement on a suburban Moscow home last week while seeding clouds to prevent rain from spoiling a holiday, Russian media said on Tuesday. A pack of cement used in creating good weather in the capital region failed to pulverize completely at high altitude and fell on the roof of the house, making a hole 80 to 100 centimeters, that would be two and a half to three feet. Uh, police in Naroforminsk told agency Ria Novosti. I did that pretty well. Um, ahead of major public holidays, the Russian Air Force often dispatches up to 12 cargo planes carrying loads of silver iodide, liquid nitrogen, and cement powder to seed clouds above Moscow and empty the skies of moisture. A spokesman for the Russian Air Force refused to comment. June 12 was Russia Day, a patriotic holiday celebrating the country's independence after the breakup of the Soviet Union. 
weather specialist said the cement's failure to turn into powder was the first hiccup in 20 years. Uh-huh. And how homeowner, the homeowner was not injured, but refused an offer of 50,000 rubles, that's uh, $2,100 in U.S. dollars, from the Air Force saying she would sue for damages, sue for damages, and compensation for moral suffering, Interfax said. Uh, capitalism has come to Russia. She is going to sue for damages and moral suffering. Isn't it a great world we live in where it rains cement and uh, you can actually file a lawsuit in Russia? Yeah, buddy. Well, let's head south a little bit. From Berlin, Germany comes this uh, particular story. A man caught breaking into a German supermarket late at night escaped despite being handcuffed to railings. Only to be arrested after he ran to a nearby police station to get the cuffs removed. <laughs> it was stupid of him, said the police spokesman in Frankfurt Monday. They took the cuffs off, but they kept him. A security guard had cuffed the man and held three others after spotting the break-in. But by the time officers arrived, the man had escaped, police said. Arriving at the police station, the 19-year-old told officers he had been locked up by a friend as a joke and asked for their help. The officers first went along with the ruse, also laughing at the man's apparent misfortune, police said. However, suspecting he was the missing man from the break-in, they pressed him for details after removing the cuffs. The man then confessed his role and was promptly reunited with his three friends in the police station cell. Well, there you go. You know, sometimes I look around me here and uh, going through my everyday life and I, I get to thinking that the CIA has been spraying stupid gas over Dallas County. However, when you've got stuff like this going on uh, on the other side of the planet, you got to reconsider thoughts like that. Next, we go to Bucharest. Uh... I find it interesting that uh, in Bucharest, the residents of a the Romanian village uh, in this Romanian village in Bucharest have knowingly re-elected a dead guy as mayor in Sunday's municipal election, preferring him to his living opponent, Nicolae Evascu, fifty-seven who ran the village for almost two decades, died from liver disease just after voting began, but still won the election by a margin of 23 votes. A local official said, uh, the authorities decided to keep the poll open in case Evescu's opponent, Jorge, Jorge Dobrescu, didn't do so well on that one, won avoiding the uh, need for a re-election. Re I know he died, 
but I don't want to change, said a pro-IVSQ villager. To- yep. In the end, election authorities gave the post to the runner-up. But some villagers and Avescu's party, the powerful opposition Social Democrat Party, have called for a new vote. Well, you know what? I really think that if we voted in more dead guys over here, we'd probably get more stuff done. You know, and looking at every time I flip across C-SPAN or... or some of these others that uh, you see them panning across the Senate and uh, the House of Representatives, it looks like we're electing dead guys anyway. I myself have decided that come this presidential election, I'm going to write in Lyndon Baines Johnson. Now, the fact of the matter is, Lyndon been gone for some time. But, Lyndon was a crook. And, well, they're all crooks. But unlike most of them, Lennon didn't make any bones about being a crook. So, uh, I think we'd be better off. So, next we jet to Rome. It appears that in Rome, an Italian man is, was arrested on suspicion of kidnapping his ex-girlfriend from a pub, taking her home and forcing her to iron his clothes. He also made her wash his dishes, the police said Monday. The 43-year-old man dragged the woman out of a pub in the port city of Genoa, shoved her into a car, and took her to his home where he made her iron and wash dishes after threatening her, they said. Police arrived at his house after being tipped off by a friend of the woman who watched the scene at the pub. The man, who was apparently furious with his ex-girlfriend for leaving him, was arrested on charges of kidnapping. Well, there you go. Uh, that sounds like a positive plan, especially for those of us who uh, who might need some washing and ironing done. Um, I myself don't particularly care for washing, but maybe maybe it'll work out for them. You know, stranger things have happened. Next up, we come back to the old U.S. of A. Yep. Terre Haute, Indiana. Terre Haute area, Indiana. Indiana, for crying out loud. You know, and as I read this, you know, well, let let me go ahead and read it. Um, Call it a lemonade standoff. A girl whose lemonade stand was robbed for $17.50 chased the suspect into a nearby home and called police, who spent nearly an hour trying to coax the man into surrendering. (laughs) The guy came up and was like, Give me your money, said 12-year-old Dominique Moorfield, who was running the lemonade stand with a group of friends. Um... I was shocked. It was just my immediate reaction to chase him, she said. Dominique Dominique dashed after the man who ran into a house, and then she called the police. Officers eventually persuaded Steve Tyrone, 18 years old, to come outside after 45 minutes and arrested him on a preliminary felony charge of robbery. Tyrone made an initial appearance in Superior Court on Tuesday and was ordered to be held 
in the Vigo County Jail on $50,000 bond. You know, that just doesn't, there doesn't seem to balance out as a profit in this situation. Uh, he will be formally charged Friday County Prosecutor Terry Modisette said. A telephone message seeking comment was left with the office of Michael Wright, a public defender assigned to represent Tyrone. I didn't think anyone would come up to a lemonade stand and steal. That's really low. Fred Erstein uh, said, and uh, Fred was apparently uh, co-owner of the lemonade stand because he is also 12 years old. The kids said they would continue to sell lemonade, but with an adult's supervision. Now, let me tell you what I was going to say a while ago, which is uh, the boy got off lucky. It's my understanding, unless things have changed, that uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, is the murder capital of the United States. So I imagine a little gal in Terre Haute, Terre Haute Indiana, uh, running a lemonade stand probably has a nine millimeter under the under the cardboard box. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, I told y'all. Uh, Ashland, Oregon, Oregon gets their g-string in a wad. It seems a woman seen frequently in Ashland riding topless on her bicycle says she plans to be in Ashland's Fourth of July parade. Free and independent of all clothing but a hemp G-string. The Chamber of Commerce says, okay, it's not the City Council, it's Chamber of Commerce, says that contrary to the rules for the family celebration, she says she'll sue if she can't parade as she wishes. Jen Moss has been known as the Naked Lady since she moved to Ashland in May from Ojai, California. Drawn by the town's nudity laws, they specify only that people must cover their genitalia in a city park or downtown commercial district, which means Moss need not cover her breasts. The police in California, she says, harassed her when she would ride her bicycle wearing only a G-string and pasties. Moss applied for an entry for the parade, which draws thousands each year. The Ashland Chamber of Commerce learned of her coverage plans from an online posting. She promised to lead inline skaters wearing only a hemp G-string and blowing a conch shell. Hmm. Yeah, that one's wide open. We don't feel that someone in the parade uh, who is topless or nearly naked is appropriate for a family audience, said the parade chairman, James Kidd. He said a letter was sent to Moss on Monday and wouldn't speak specifically about the chamber's position until he was certain that she had received the letter. Kid did say that the parade rules clearly indicate that entries must be appropriate for a family audience. He also said he understood that the Ashland City Ordinances allows women allow women to be topless. Well, there you go. Uh, 
the folks in California are moving into moving into Oregon and just upsetting Apple Cart. You know, they did that in Texas here for a while. You know, we had, had everything that happened in California for a while. A year and a half, two years later, happened here in Texas because they brought it here with them. But that's okay. Uh, uh, Miss Moss, what's her name again? Jen. Jen. Jen, if you're within the sound of my voice, I wish you luck on your battle. In fact, uh, I think that if they really want to help you out, you might as well just go all the way naked. That's it. If you really want to show them. Of course, then again, if you really want to show them, put on a set of coveralls. And last but not least, the all almighty enema. Yes, the almighty enema. Um, it seems that in Russia, they've lost their minds. Uh, a monument to the enema. A procedure many people would rather not think about has been unveiled at a spa in the southern Russian city of Zelaznovodusk. Close enough. The bronze syringe bulb, the bronze syringe bulb, which weighs 800 pounds and is held by three angels, was unveiled at the Mashuk Akva Term Spa. The spa's director said Thursday. There is no kitsch or obscenity. It is a successful work of art. Alexander Charchenko told the Associated Press, An enema is almost a symbol of our region. It's a symbol of some region. The uh, Caucasus Mountains and uh, the Caucasus, they run through Europe. Uh, the Cauc Caucasus Mountains region, the Caucasus Mountains region, is known for dozens of spas where enemas with water from mineral springs are routinely administer administered to treat digestive and other complaints. Sharchenko 50 said the monument cost $42,000, $42,000 for an enema syringe, and was installed in a square in front of his spa on Wednesday. A banner declaring, let's beat constipation and sloppiness with enemas, an allusion to a line from The Twelve Chairs, a famous Soviet film comedy was posted on one of the spa's walls. Sculptor Svetlana Av Avakina said she designed the five-foot-high monument with irony and humor and modeled the angels on those in works by Italian Renaissance painter Alessandro Botticelli. This device is eternal. It will never change, she told the AP. We could promote this brand, turn it into a franchise with souvenirs and awards for medical doctors. Dozens of monuments dedicated to characters from tall tales and popular jokes 
have been erected in the post-Soviet Russia. She's welcome on any other day. Wait a minute. Okay, that's the rest. That's something else. Okay, so there you go. In Russia, they have erected a monument to the enema. Oh, boy. Well, you know, that's just about all I can handle for this week. If y'all have any comments, suggestions, feedback, if you find an article that we uh, might want to put on the uh, the show here, go ahead and send those to me. My email address is richardse at blacksparrowmedia.com. richardse at blacksparrowmedia.com. And with that... I think we're. Uh, I think it's time for us to go. Y'all, uh, y'all come see us next week. We'll 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 see what uh, what's happening then. And remember, let's beat constipation and sloppiness within us. Y'all have a great week.